0: This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals.
1: The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions, or in any legal proceeding.
0: Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. Welcome to Portable Beads, the pediatric board review podcast by residents for residents. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and with me is my co-host, Sam. Hey, guys. So today we've got another influenza case for you. So also about vaccinations. But today specifically about the live attenuated influenza vaccine and contraindications. So let's jump straight into it. So if you've never listened to us before, this is a case based discussion. So we'll have a case with some answer choices. Let you think about it for a sec. And then we'll go and discuss what makes the right answer the right answer and the wrong answer is wrong or what would make them right. So a three-year-old female with a history of asthma and a cochlear implant was recently diagnosed with Kawasaki disease and was treated appropriately at her local pediatric hospital. Go, you guys. The patient also received a dose of Tamiflu, also known as oseltamivir, yesterday. The parents are requesting that the patient receive a live attenuated influenza vaccine, but you counsel them that she should avoid this vaccine. Which of the following is not a reason to avoid the live attenuated influenza vaccine in this patient? Is it A, her history of asthma? Is it B, that she got a dose of Tamiflu yesterday? C, that her history of a cochlear implant? Is it D, her age? Or E, is it that she received aspirin or salicylate containing medications? We'll let you think about it for a sec, and then we'll come back. You need to pause it and think about it some more. No worries. Hakuna potato, let's go straight into it. So, Sammy, what is the right answer to this question?
1: So the answer to this question is actually DH. So that's gonna be the only one that's not a reason to avoid the live vaccine. And this is actually because the CDC recommends that the live attenuated flu vaccine can be given starting at age two. So her being three years old makes this not a contraindication. But actually the answer choice is A, B, C, and E are all contraindications. Um, There's actually a lot more contraindications than I thought there were to giving this vaccine. So actually, in looking at the recommendations of the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices that was published in August of 2020, we can look at all of the contraindications that they currently have published to giving this live flu vaccine. So to run through this list, although it's long, I think it's really important that we talk about it today. So if you have a history of a severe allergic reaction to a previous dose of the flu vaccine or to any vaccine component except egg, that is going to be a contraindication. Of note, though, if you just have a severe allergic reaction to egg itself, that is not a contraindication. Another contraindication is receiving aspirin or salicylate-containing medications, such as was alluded to in the question by saying that this child had previously been diagnosed and treated for Kawasaki disease. Do you know why this is a contraindication?
0: Yeah. So specifically, whenever you give a live attenuated vaccine, most of these contraindications is that there's the risk that they develop influenza and there's complications from that or potential complications. So if you have aspirin on board and you develop influenza, there's a significant risk for developing Rye syndrome, which we can talk about in a future episode.
1: Exactly. Another contraindication is for kids who are between the age of two and four and who have a history of asthma, such as our patient in this case, or wheezing you cannot get the live attenuated flu vaccine. Another contraindication would be immunocompromised patients for any cause. Um, This can be either medication induced or um, due to having a concurrent HIV infection. These patients for obvious reasons, such as how you talked about with the possibility of contracting Rye syndrome would also be a contraindication. Um, Another one we see a lot in our sickle cell patients or patients who have previous surgical history is if they are asplenic. So including that anatomic or functional asplenia, that's going to be a contraindication to giving this live vaccine as well. People who are close contacts or caregivers of severely immunosuppressed people who require a protected environment is also something you want to think about. Um, It would be a contraindication as well. Another less common reason to not be able to give this live flu vaccine would be if there's any either current CSF leak or potential for CSF leak. So in our patient, this is alluded to in the question by her having a cochlear implant, which could be a potential for a CSF leak. And in a more severe or medically complex patient who has a current CSF leak, or if there's any communication with the oropharynx, nasopharynx, nose, ear, or anywhere else that you could have that CSF leak, that would be a contraindication as well. And then there's Two last contraindications, one that's relevant to our patient and one that's not. So the one that's not relevant would be pregnancy, but the one that is relevant, why is choice B incorrect?
0: Yeah, so one of the contraindications, the last one we haven't talked about is, if they've received any influenza antiviral medications within a certain time period, That is considered a contraindication so different antiviral meds have different time frames so oseltamivir or tamiflu and zanamivir or relenza that has a 48 hour window so this patient had tamiflu dose yesterday so that's within that 48 hour window so that is a contraindication if they have some of the lesser known ones which is paramivir also known as rapavab that has a five day duration where you can't give the live flu vaccine Or Biloxavir, also known as Zofluza, which I've never heard of, has a time frame of 17 days. However, these time frames of 48 hours, 5 days, and 17 days is only assuming they have normal medication clearance. So if you have a patient who has, for example, renal insufficiency and they have delayed medication clearance, these durations might actually be prolonged.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And also within those guidelines, there were not necessarily contraindications, but more precautions. Do you want to talk about those for our listeners? Sure.
0: So we talked a little bit about how the kids that are two to four age range that have a history of asthma and wheezing, it's a contraindication to giving the live flu vaccine. However, if they're age five or older that have a diagnosis of asthma, it's more a precaution. So in, the, in all of these precautions, they're more weighing the risks and benefits of giving the flu vaccine rather than a hard stop of you can't give this. So another one of those is if a patient has a moderate or severe acute illness with or without fever, so basically a lot of your hospitalized kiddos, once their acute illness resolves, then you can more strongly consider giving that flu vaccine, and that's kind of what this is talking about. Also, one of the other ones is a history of uh, Guillain-Barre, or GBS, within the six weeks of receiving any influenza vaccine. That's a precaution as well. And then the last one that they list is very vague it is any other underlying medical condition other than contraindications that might predispose to complications after wild-type influenza virus vaccination or infection. So, for example, kids with chronic pulmonary, cardio, except for isolated hypertension, renal, hepatic, neurologic, hematologic, or metabolic disorders, including diabetes mellitus. Basically, this is their catch-all for saying, if your kid has a chronic medical condition, weigh the risks and benefits of if they were to get A influenza infection from your live flu vaccine, is it worth it? So if it's worth it, then give it. If not, don't give it. That's kind of their catch-all. So the last thing that we wanted to touch on is that in 2013, the Infectious Diseases Society of America, or the IDSA, posted some clinical practice guidelines for vaccinations of the immunocompromised host. Um, And we just wanted to touch on, in their very long and thorough document, there was a a portion that jumped out at us that seemed important. So we just wanted to touch on it here. So Sam, you want to talk about it?
1: Absolutely. One of the most important things we wanted to touch on was that the annual inactivated influenza vaccine is recommended for immunocompromised patients who are six months or older, except for the patients who are very unlikely to respond to it. Although it's unlikely that they'll be harmed by it, but with these patients, such as those who are receiving intensive chemotherapy, such as kiddos who are in induction or consolidation for acute leukemia, or those who have received any anti-B cell antibodies within the past six months.
0: And so if you have questions about the kiddos that you have that are immunocompromised and whether or not giving specific vaccines is appropriate, this is thorough not specifically for influenza, but for all vaccines and about the different scenarios of this kid has HIV, or they have some other immunocompromised state. And uh, like if they're on disease modifying therapy for inflammatory bowel disease, et cetera, et cetera. There are a lot of recommendations they have. It's very thorough. Um, so we wanted to just bring out something that we thought was important and also just bring this guideline to your attention. If it's something you're interested in reading, but that'll do it for this episode. So, um, Sam, did you want to close this out with any closing thoughts?
1: No, I think it's just always important to counsel your patients, know their medical history as well, and then know how to talk to your kiddos and their families about how important this vaccine is.
0: All right. Well, if you guys like this episode, thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to hit the subscribe button if you'd like to hear more content like this. And Sam, do you want to talk about kind of what our publication schedule will be going forward?
1: Absolutely. So I'm super excited about this. So it's going to be each week we're going to present a different Case presentation or multiple choice question, and go through the answers of the correct answer and then why the answers are wrong. We're going to start out with um, infectious disease, specifically in terms of neonatal infectious disease, which I'm super excited about. And then we will walk you guys through each of these cases week by week for the first three weeks of the month, and then our last week of the month we'll have a fast facts and a really quick review of what we learned that month. So I think it's gonna be a really great, easy way for you to continue to review this material on your walks, on your drives, on your runs, making it super accessible so you guys can be the best pediatricians you can possibly be.
0: Yeah, and if you guys wanna make sure to get this reinforced content, we're also gonna be posting all of this on our website. These questions will be in the show notes, but if you want the explanations, those will be on the website if you'd like to see it in a written format, rather than listening to the podcast if you don't love our luxurious voices. And then also, the other thing is we're going to be posting on uh, social media, especially Twitter. Specifically, we have answer choices A through E, and each day of the week, Monday through Friday, each answer choice will be posted on Twitter with the the high-yield bullet points that we want you to take away from that specific episode. So, for example, as a teaser, one of our episodes for this month with infectious disease is going to be on torch infections. And so, say the different answer choices were cmv and toxo well answer choice a might be cmv and we might talk about that on monday and then tuesday we might move on to toxo and put the bullet points for that on twitter that are high yield about that so that's kind of what you can look forward to going forward and like i said we're happy to have you guys here hope you guys have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week bye